everyone. My name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend Valerie is back on the podcast and we're talking about the movie To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. Hey, Val. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. I'm very excited. I know I say that a lot, but I'm very <laughs> excited to talk about this movie. So to everyone who's listening to this, I'm assuming you already know that Val and I also discussed the first film. But okay, so we're talking about the second one. A few things about this movie. It was released in February of 2020. It was directed by Michael Fuminari, based on the book, once again, by Jenny Han, screenplay by Sofia Alvarez and J. Mills Goodlow. It stars Alana Condor, Noah Centineo, and Jordan Fisher. The IMDb.com summary is, Laura, Jean, and Peter have just taken their relationship from pretend to officially official when another recipient of one of her old love letters enters the picture. It has a 6.0 on IMDb, and once again, obviously, this is a Netflix film, so no box office numbers on this one. All right, Val, what would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? I flip-flopped. I think this might be my first half in between point. I give it a 6.5, and I will say I feel like I I like this more and more the more times that I rewatch it. But yeah, I would give it a 6.5. Okay. So just for reference, you gave the first film a 7. Mm. You're giving this a 6.5. I gave the first film an 8.4, <laughs> which is pretty high. So I'm coming in at a 7 for this movie. Okay. So also lower. Yes. Lower and you and I are more similar mm -hmm. um, on the scale for this one. Mm -hmm. But I... I'm not going to ask the question that I usually ask is why did you choose to discuss this film? But, you know, there's three films. I wanted to have some continuity. So mm -hmm. here we are with you once again. Is this the first series? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I am honored. <laughs> what a great one to choose. I know. Like, well, so I just released The Kissing Booth with Frank. And mm -hmm. like, I don't think we're going to talk about the second one on the podcast. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just because it was not very good. But yeah, so this series, definitely, obviously, I have a softer spot for it. So here we are. Yeah, definitely. And thinking back to the release date, I was thinking about that. Because I remember I watched it at your place. Yes! <laughs> Almost a year ago. And yeah. it felt, I was thinking back on it, it feels so much longer ago than that. Yeah. But also, that means it was right before everything shut down. Yeah, so it was actually Valentine's Day of 2020. Love it. The world shut down in like mid-March. Uh, yeah, this was like the last gathering I had in my apartment mm -hmm. before the world <laughs> shut down. So yeah, this is this is a unique relationship I have with this one that we actually saw together and that yes. we're going to be talking about it together. Yes. Sad that we can do the same for the third, but... I know. It. So sad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what are some things you like about this movie? Ooh, where do I start? <laughs> I really like the themes and a lot of it is what we talked about for, with the first one, but the the innocence, the characters, the humor, the the cultural themes also. Mm -hmm. They didn't shy away from it and they played up to it, which I love. And like the like the quirks, like I love this whole idea of fakes giving. I love that whole story behind it and how it also gave like a little peep into their mother and how they met, the mom and the dad met. Yeah, just like silly, small things like that. I love the overall innocence of it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. The Thanksgiving thing I love, I also wrote that down for myself, is just I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I'm actually someone, so my birthday falls right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So I am very pro Thanksgiving just yes. to like have something else to look forward to because my birthday is already condensed with Thanksgiving and then gotcha. Christmas. But I just, yeah, maybe should I start Thanksgiving? I will be there. <laughs> I will co-host with you. I do love the idea. It's so cute. It's so cute. I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely about the innocence. I have a very long list of things I like about this movie. Tell me. LJ and Peter Kavinsky, endearing again. Yes. I think LJ is relatable in so many ways, specifically her whole like overanalyzing and overthinking things and like wondering how things would have played out if mm-hmm. John Ambrose had gotten the letter earlier or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. And the whole phrase that she and Peter say to each other, I don't want to, I don't want us to break each other's hearts. That's something I feel like I'm, I might have said in my own past relationships. Really? Yeah, just like so, so kind of innocent and just not wanting things to end. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel I know how LJ feels in this moment. Yeah. I'm thinking back to that scene where she has like both of the boys on the bed or, and she's like playing different parts or like playing a fake conversation in her mind. I'm sure every girl's done that. Yeah, totally relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Kavinsky... I mean, perfect. Yes, perfect. (laughs) He messes up a few times in this movie. Totally. He shows up late. He plagiarizes a poem. He's just not really supporting LJ in many moments, but... Agreed. I noted that none of it is really with any bad intentions, though. Well, agreed. I don't fault him so much for the... Okay, him being late to their date. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's on him. I, I understand it. Uh, what was the second one that you mentioned? Uh, plagiarizing the poem. Plagiarizing the poem. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. I don't really blame him for it. The part that that I think really pissed LJ off also about him seeing Jen and comforting her. Mm. That that mm-hmm. got me. Which I agree. Like that he he messed up. Yeah. Oof. I think he could have handled that situation a lot better. But I mean, when you're 16 or 17, like I know. there's only so much you can do. I guess I don't yeah. know. I don't fault him for a lot of those things, but mm-hmm. we meet a few new characters in this movie. We meet John Ambrose, McLaren, yes. played by Jordan Fisher. We meet Stormy, who's played by Holland Taylor. Trevor, who's played by Ross Butler. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then we meet Trina, who's played by Sarayu Blue. Trina, the next door neighbor. So I like that we get to meet all these new people. It's a little bit fresh take mm-hmm. in this film. And I don't know, maybe this might be controversial, but I really like John Ambrose. I feel like we talked about this when we first watched mm. the movie. I He kind of like unnerves me a little bit. Really? Because of the way he speaks, it's so cool and calm and collected. and <laughs> Very and smooth, suave. Very suave. So smooth. Yeah. Like not many guys talk like that. And mm. let alone high school boys. <laughs> Which we, I know we've talked about, like, this whole, many themes are very unrealistic. Yeah. But it's something with how, just how cool and, like, nice and forgiving and understanding he is of LJ. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no boys like that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, again, he's just so emotionally available. Yes. Who wouldn't want to be chased by two really handsome, emotionally available men? Right. But 
I think I like the suave, cool factor of John Ambrose. Mm-hmm. But to your point, yeah, what 16, 17-year-old is actually like that? Mm-hmm, Not mm-hmm. real. Um, he's pretty swoon-worthy in his own right. He plays the piano. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's lame in a cool way, which I love. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's really sweet. The piano scene, he's being really vulnerable about mm-hmm. sharing the story about why he goes by John Ambrose. Yeah. I think after watching the second movie, before the third movie came out, I was I was actually kind of sold on John Ambrose. Just because I think Jordan Fisher plays him in a very smooth, suave way. Mm-hmm. But then once I saw the third movie, which I don't want to talk too much about here because we'll talk about it eventually. Mm-hmm. But I, I realized I miss Peter Kavinsky in this movie. Uh, that's a good point. You don't get too much of him. Like, it's not him for the whole thing. Right. Wait, so were you team John Ambrose over team Peter? Um, I think I might have been, which might be very an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. But now that we've seen the trilogy close out, I'm team Peter. Yeah. But after this movie, I was like, what's not to like? You know, he's a really cool and very sweet guy. He and is. I just really he liked is. him. Yeah. I agree. I agree. He is a very sweet guy. The music? In general? In general. Oh, yeah. Love the music. I have like the whole, the whole soundtrack saved. <laughs> it's such a good one. Again, like we talked about the first soundtrack in the first movie um yeah it just carries over to the second one i'm not surprised yeah i got it props to whoever selected the song even down to the scenes like in the background or it, like i just feel like with every scene if it's so, I'm, I'm just thinking back to which i think i called down the first one too the mm-hmm. like the drone shots of yeah you know from like bird's eye view of seeing the cars drive on the streets from that to actual like maybe in the background of dialogue i just like they were perfect selections yeah there's actually a lot of drone shots to your point i love them i kind of love them but i there's so many that it's so noticeable Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah they're great i also love that they had a black pink song in there when she was getting ready for peter's game i don't know who black pink is which might age me (laughs) but i really liked the song so i had and maybe that's only why it stood out to me is because i had Never really jumped on this bandwagon, didn't really know who they are. Uh-huh. And then Viv and I actually watched the documentary, I don't know, a couple of months ago, Life Changer. Michelle, you have to watch it. Wait, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Are they a K-pop band? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. They're uh, four, four girls. Okay. I think they're five. I think they're four girls. And this documentary, it just like follows them and you get to know each of them and how they grew up and how they came together and it's just crazy like you learn so much about this business really of Mm. putting k-pop bands together and these girls are so young and anyway it was life-changing i recommend it so now i love hearing their songs here and there especially in a movie with as diverse a cast as this yeah uh yeah i don't know anything about k-pop which I don't know if that's an interesting fact or I'm just like so out of it. But yeah, I, I, I haven't gotten on the bandwagon, but I'll look into it for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some other things you like about this movie? I do really like, again, like some of the themes, which are kind of cheesy and kind of, and they're just innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the the themes of love. Like you, you have to like take a leap of faith to find love. Mm-hmm. But also like what I was talking about with the cultural theme before. Like I love that they 
featured this whole scene of them going over to, I don't know if that was their grandma's house, but celebrating Korean New Year, how they had the traditional outfits on. Yeah. And also the the term jong at the, I guess, nearish the end Mm. when LJ kind of, I don't know, made up or at least came to some kind of term with Jen. I just loved all the different nods to their heritage and their culture. I really like that. Absolutely. Yeah, the diverse cast. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All all these little nuggets of including the Korean heritage, but not making it feel like weird, which I don't like that word. But yeah, it just makes it sound very normal. It's not othered. It's just her journey in her growing up, you know, marrying these two cultures of her being Asian and American. I just I love how seamless it was. Seamless is a really good term for it because it was relatable. I'm thinking back to her cousin who like, you remember that their like aunt is like, don't you wish you had dressed up now? And she's like making fun of both of them and LJ. Yeah. <laughs> and for like not having a boyfriend. That was so relatable, right? Because you're like competing yeah. with your, the cool cousin or your cousins mm-hmm. who you like don't get to see all that often. I agree. It was seamless. Absolutely. Yeah. Like just that scene that you were talking about meeting the grand or not meeting. Um, We get to meet the grandparents and yeah, the whole family exchange was really, really nice to see. Mm-hmm. I did want to circle back though. You mentioned that moment between LJ and Jen at the treehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, This is actually one of the things I wrote down that I really liked is their reconciliation is what I, I kind of came up with. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that I needed it, but like, I love that they brought this to the forefront because I do think it's important for young girls. I'm assuming a lot of young girls are watching this movie that they see healthy ways to like reconcile these friendships and these relationships. So I just think that LJ really took a big step in wanting to not necessarily make amends, but just to like say her piece and try to hash that out with Jen. And yeah, it was just a really, really sweet moment. And I totally agree. it. It was so mature of her to like one acknowledge that that was the root cause of her insecurities mm-hmm. was being with Peter. And then to like do something about it. Like you said, like right. make her peace, start, meet up with her, talk it out with her and acknowledge that this was the reason that they might not ever be good, fr- good, good friends again, mm-hmm. but they'll always have this attachment. Yeah. What are some things you don't like about this movie? Not many, but a part that maybe confused me more than more than I just didn't like on Valentine's Day, where Peter opens up his locker and he's mm. like, oh, the soccer team. Do do high school girls do that? Like to boys who are in relationships? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know either. Maybe it's like a sports team thing. Oh. Like let's prank the, I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't play sports in high school, so I don't know that culture. (laughs) Same. Yeah, didn't know. But I just was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I I know that Jen is supposed to be mean and bitter for many reasons, but she was harsh. Mm. She was harsh when she was talking about like, oh, if he he brought you to like Cardona's, you better start eating the salad. Like that was harsh, girl. That was harsh. Also her like calling LJ a loser for signing up for Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was uh, pretty mean. Oh, also at the treehouse when she totally calls LJ out for uh, for what wearing or buying that hat mm. or sweater because she liked John Ambrose. Like, brutal, Jen. Yeah. She's very catty in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a few things I don't like about this movie. 
the sad lip syncing moment that LJ does after she and Peter. <gasps> you didn't like that? Um, I don't love the lip syncing part. It just felt really out of place. That's like the song, I it set the mood, but like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it tracks because it's like her imagination and she's sitting in this heartbreak, but it just kind of took me out of what was happening and that's, mm, that's maybe that's the fair. point but I don't know I just was a little bit put off by that okay so I just remember from our conversation about the first movie you didn't like Margot mm, yeah and I observed that there is zero Margot in this movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's just on via FaceTime in like the first five minutes of the movie ten minutes of the movie yeah which is like fine but it's a little disjointed i feel for a movie and series to be so much about sisters and this relationship mm, but like good there's point. zero margot in this movie i didn't that didn't hit me but now that i'm thinking <laughs> about it because she's very involved in the first one and very involved in the third one as well yeah well i mean yeah you didn't really like her in the first one so mm, no yeah i still don't like her yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's fine with me <laughs> There aren't as many family tender moments, I think, in this movie. There are some, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I think there's not as much. I think it's really just about LJ and this back and forth between John Ambrose and Peter. But I like that dad gets a little B-plot of his own and he finds love with the neighbor. Oh my gosh, that was so adorable. So cute. And she made they made Trina so likable. Like She was just cool and funny and likable. Mm. I really liked her. Yeah, yeah, same. So this isn't something I didn't like, but I thought I'd bring it up now, is that this movie is actually quite different than the book that Jenny Han wrote. So here are some of the biggest differences. Mm -hmm. Um, I read the book years ago, but I had to Wikipedia the the synopsis of the book again. So Mm -hmm. John Ambrose is actually Stormy's grandson. Oh. The relationship between LJ and John Ambrose is primarily a pen pal relationship. And like it's revealed later on that he's Stormy's grandson. Oh, so no volunteering at the same place. Right. I think, I don't want to speak out of turn. I think she runs into him at the nursing home or senior living home. Okay. Yeah. I think that's how they kind of put two and two together. Interesting. The method and how John Ambrose and LJ get closer is through a game of assassins, the group plays with each other. Mm. Yeah. I I think that would have been a really hard thing to play Mm -hmm. out in the movie. (laughs) Yes. And Jen's parents are separating, similar to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot more detail. They give a lot more context. Interesting. Her dad is having an affair with a much younger woman. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. That's all I took away. Yeah. I don't see the value in making that relationship with John Ambrose and Stormy. Mm-hmm. That I, I can understand. But I, I guess I also would have liked to know more about Jen's backstory. It definitely would have made her more sympathetic as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess there's only so much you can cover. Right. Okay, so I have one last hot take Mm -hmm. for something I don't like about this movie. I'm starting to like Kitty less and less. Mm, How come? She's a little bit more annoying, which is, you know, I think par for course when younger sisters get older. Uh, I think the first few times I saw this, I was like, oh yeah, she's annoying, but it's kind of cute. And then the more I see it, I'm just like, oh, she's just, it's not as cute. I, I get She's kind where of aggressive. From. I get where you're coming from. And it's it's not even just like the little sister. It's it's just her character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. She's starting to give off a little bit more bratty vibes. A little bratty. Yeah, just like not listening to people around her, just wanting to do things because she wants to, which, yes, for comedic relief, I guess, is <laughs> what happens. But I was like, ugh, 
She's kind of annoying. A little bit. I understand where you're coming from. Did I miss anything? Okay, so actually one scene that I didn't like, mm-hmm. like I cringed when they were in the treehouse. <laughs> and Peter called John out for having that stutter. I was like, yeah. whoa, whoa, one, harsh. Yeah. Two, is that very PC? Like that was, that mm. was just out there. And of course, John just played it so so cool so cool and so graciously also and like admitted it you know didn't even try and cover it up he's like yeah yeah like, he recovered um, really fast recovered so well <laughs> but just that and again not that it it was meant to be i think that cringe worthy yeah 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 but that part was uh intense well so okay so my segue into we're gonna skip a question really quick we're gonna mm-hmm. go to favorite scene mm-hmm. um the treehouse scene's actually my favorite scene. Really? Why? Well, it's one of my favorites. I, I think, yes, it's absolutely cringy, and you feel the tension between everyone. Yeah. But it was kind of fun to see everybody interact with each other. I feel like that's the only scene where everyone's together. That's true, which also, on that same point, it makes me wonder, like, were they really that close several years ago where they did this whole time capsule together? Like, yeah, because you never see them all together. And now they're back. Yeah. There's not a lot of continuity in the sense that, like, they were friends when they were 10 and they did this time capsule. But then everyone's really surprised when Chrissy and Trevor are a couple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Peter even says, like, some really offhand comment. He's like, I didn't know you guys were friends. But yet, like, (laughs) they were apparently best friends when they were 10. They were all close enough to do this thing. And Trevor, yeah. Trevor was not even in the first one. So it's like, okay, this guy who's been here on the same lacrosse team as Peter also is just like, just a new character now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I think a lot of things happen in this scene. I feel really bad for John Ambrose because yeah. when he finds out that Peter and LJ are together, you just see his face fall and you, he's just like heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And then my my other favorite scene is the ending I love <laughs> I feel like such a sap. This movie really just kind of turns me to mush, or this trilogy. Uh, but yeah, break my heart into a thousand pieces, oh Cubby. I wrote that down as well. <laughs> Val, it's so cheesy, but it's so perfect. And the fact that he's also there because it's snowing and it mm-hmm. ties back to the very beginning. Well, you know, like from the very first yeah. movie that LJ doesn't like driving and because she, and she also doesn't like driving in the snow. Like, oh. Yeah, I love that whole scene. It's so adorable. It's so adorable. They really bring it back. It's just so sweet. But yeah, I just, I, I melt every time that happens mm-hmm. or every time I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your favorite scenes? All right, I got my list. So yes. I love their first date. It is so cute. <laughs> How he comes with that bouquet of flowers and takes one out and gives it to Kitty. Like, yes. Brownie points, Peter. Yes. The whole lantern idea, the lanterns in the park, so cute. I've always wanted to do that. Like So cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cute. And again, to the music, like the music backing up every scene in their first date. I just loved it. It was just so perfect and like yep. warm and so cute. I love it. I want to go on that first date. I would love to. That's like the ideal date. <laughs> like Italian dinner, mm-hmm. this cool lantern thing. Yeah. I just, perfect. So cute. And back at a reasonable hour so you can go to bed. Like... <laughs> Sign um, me up. So I love, I love that it. scene. I love the what we had talked about with the Korean New Year. I love that whole mm-hmm. nod to 
their culture and their heritage. I guess on the same theme of dates, I love their carnival date. Also so like spontaneous and so cute and innocent of them just taking pictures together and riding on these rides and it's just so cute. Love that. Yeah. I did also, which we've already talked about, LJ confronting Jen in the treehouse that second time with the whole, what'd you call it, reconciliation and the like acknowledgement that they have Jung. Really like that whole scene. I did also really like some good quotes Stormy had for LJ at the end of the ball. (laughs) Yes. How she's like, you have to kiss the wrong man to know what's right sometimes. And then LJ, I forgot what she says, but all I wrote is unbreak it. Mm. Stormy just being like, just, you know, the independent, amazing woman that she is. Love Stormy. She's amazing. And then the last thing that she said was also... Well, LJ goes, if he, well, what if he doesn't want me? And Stormy's like, well, that'll hurt like hell. Like, doesn't mm-hmm. follow it up with anything. Like, you'll learn the lesson. Just as like, you know what? It will. I love that. Yeah, that's really refreshing, actually. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm very guilty of this. It's like, oh, things will work out. Things will work out. But like, sometimes it's okay to just sit in the now and be like, it'll hurt like hell. Yeah, and know that it will. But and still it choose will. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And still choose it. That. Mm-hmm. Is not easy, but I love Stormy for being that, like, it's not, she's not giving her tough love either. It's just like, this is the fact, but yeah, I think it's insinuated that you'll be, you'll be okay. You'll get through it. Yeah, I I agree. I love that. I do want to double down on the the gen scene in the treehouse. Yeah. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I've cried watching that scene before. I think, yeah, I'm someone who, when I was younger, I... I'm pretty sure I've messed up a lot of my friendships when I was young. So mm-hmm. it's very nice to see someone try to make amends. I, get, I mentioned it already, but I, I just want to say it again. I think it's really important for people to see that done in a very healthy way. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to not ever become best friends again. Right. But closure is really important in romantic relationships, but I think it's also really important in your actual platonic friendships. Agreed. Not easy to do by any means, mm-hmm. but it's... It, it, really mature thing to do it's hard yeah we've talked a little bit about themes um but are there any other themes you want to highlight or talk about i like along the same lines of what's of really all the lessons that story was just dishing out throughout the whole movie <laughs> mm-hmm. that you have to which i also again ties with the whole gen reconciliation like you have to know yourself before mm-hmm. being able to let others in and i think lj really proved it again it takes someone very mature to understand that her issue was not with peter she needed to solve yeah. it with somebody else first. That it takes incredible emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I wrote down is also related to love, but the fact that the love is timing to what you were saying earlier about playing all those scenarios in her mind. Like, mm-hmm. sure, maybe if John Ambrose had written back, like she would now be dating John Ambrose and they would have their happily ever after. Mm-hmm. It's all about timing, which I think is also a very grown up, realistic lesson in the real world yeah i think when you're 16 you're not thinking about timing Mm -hmm. but i think as i've gotten older you kind of i've been able to like sit back and be like oh yeah it's all about timing where i am in my life doesn't match up with wherever whoever's is in their life but absolutely you know piggybacking off what we've been talking about with lj and jed is just this whole concept of forgiveness well is it forgiveness i think it's forgiveness in a way i think she's able to come to terms with 
her own insecurities and in a way this closure is her forgiving Jen. Mm-hmm. Would you agree or am I way off? I agree, but I feel like it's all, it was also kind of self-inflicted. Like she was, she was holding that grudge against Jen herself. Like, yes, Jen was very catty towards her, but, and she was comparing herself to Jen and she was like holding all these things in her mind. And that was, I think LJ's doing, but yes, I agree. Like that was, the reconciliation was her forgiving maybe both of them, you know, her and Jen. Yeah, and I wrote down jealousy, insecurity. Like, these are all very relatable themes that many of us go through. But I think LJ, again, she's able to confront those feelings by having this conversation with Jen and mm-hmm. realize, like, yeah, what she has with Peter is something separate from whatever Peter had with Jen. Yeah. It's tough to be 16, man. I do not want to go back there. Ditto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> High school, hard. So hard. Yikes. I, I sometimes think about it every once in a while. Just being like, wow, I'm so glad that I'm not 16 anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this. Like, it's also another another world now. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. Like, would we even know how to navigate it? <laughs> yeah, No. I don't think I would. Uh, I yeah. Not that I navigated my high school well, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we came out okay. We're okay. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk WTF moments. Okay. I didn't have many. I really only had one. Okay, it, tell it me. It was <laughs> the, well, I guess besides the whole thing with all the boys being very unrealistic characters, aside from that, I did notice because I noticed these silly things like this. The lantern, what they had written, because they like do several shots of like LJ writing and then them lighting it and then like, you know, it going in the air. They're different lanterns, which I totally get because they must have shot that scene so many different times. Yeah. And it's like a delicate thing to shoot, but they're different. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yes. How many different lanterns did you notice? Mm, I think at least two. Okay. Yeah. It's, I'm going to go back and look. It's not crazy different. It's just, you know, you can notice like the heart being drawn differently or the way she writes the letters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all. Got That's it. All okay. I yeah. Have. I actually uh, have a pretty short list as well. I mm-hmm. have three. Okay. So my first one is Bellevue. This, I don't know what we're calling it. Is it a senior living home? Is it a nursing home? <gasps> That's a good home? point. It, yeah. It's a wealthy one. That's for sure. It's so fancy. Very fancy. Stormy's room is larger than my one bedroom that's apartment true. was. That's true. I know. That's true. It's like <laughs> what are these people doing? I mean, and I mean, I love how styled this movie is. Like it's very yeah, bright and vibrant, very colorful. But yeah, the whole like Bellevue set production, I was like, where are we right mm-hmm. now? This is a little <laughs> ridiculous. Good point. Yes. Um why does Stormy have just a random dress laying around for LJ? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And why does she like her so much? Yeah, I <laughs> think... Yeah, that's a good question, too. I think the only reason I know why LJ likes Stormy is because... Oh, yeah. Margot used to volunteer there with... And, and like, you know, I guess interacted a lot with Stormy. Mm-hmm. And she's just... She's this, like, glamorous woman. Yeah. and But I guess on the flip side to that point... Maybe she's like just looking out for LJ because she was really attached mm-hmm. to Margot, also for some reason that we don't know. Yeah, that's not mentioned at all in this movie, but mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, what does Stor- what does Stormy have to do with LJ? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and then my final one is the treehouse scenario. Um, are they trespassing? 
Oh, that's a good point. I, I, I'm, I should have written that down also. I don't know. That's a great question. Because didn't they say that they're like, they're selling it or they're knocking the, ha- the tree down? Something like that. Yeah, they were knocking it down. I think we see the treehouse being knocked down at the mm-hmm. end, like very final scene. But yeah, I was just like, we don't feel weird hanging out in Good point. Good call else's out. backyard. I I feel like the only logical explanation is that it's like it's for sale. No one lives there. But yeah, I mm. guess that's still trespassing. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's it. Those are good ones. I usually have a very long list. Those are good ones. <laughs> I don't know if this question will be difficult to tackle but are you happy with the ending of this one mm, let me think about that one uh yeah i love it, it you know, you <laughs> about it. it's just i love it so cheesy and so romantic break my heart into a million pieces <laughs> cubby do whatever you want <sighs> it's so good yeah agree it's predictable obviously but I think the moment the second movie ended, I was like, I want the third film now. Like, I just want to see it. And like, I just want to see what happens. But I think that was the anticipation. I was like, okay, there's a lot more story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not a lot of weight in this ending, I feel. What like, we mean? know it's not a final ending. We, oh, we know yeah. that there's going to be more to come. Right, right, right. We have talked ad nauseum about Laura Jean being likable and really relatable. Mm-hmm. But... Is there anything else to add about anybody else? I think Chris is hilarious. Stowe yes. hilarious. She's just so funny. And it's not like what you're saying with Kitty. Like, I don't think it, it's, it doesn't annoy me at least. Like, mm-hmm. it's she's funny and quirky in her own way. And it, it doesn't annoy me. So I do really like her. Trevor, yeah. on the other hand, he kind of annoys me. <laughs> he's, he's so broy. <laughs> he's broy, And maybe that's why I don't like him. He's funny. And he's a comedic relief. I get it. But he just kind of, he kind of annoys me. Yeah. I I don't think he annoys me as much as it does as he does for you. I think for me he was just really just so broy and funny. Like you ordered za and yeah. just like he's <laughs> or the whole the the acapella group singing and he's like lip singing to all of them. Yeah, like yeah. that's typical. This this will show you what type of kid I was like in high school. Like I feel like that's just such a, a typical jock, popular high school guy who's like all jokes and he's so popular and he's always so funny and playing it cool yeah he's like the class clown and he knows he's the class clown mm-hmm. he knows that he's popular and yeah yeah handsome like he's he knows all these things about himself so mm-hmm. he just basks in it but i gotta say i, I really liked trevor <laughs> <laughs> i don't know ross butler the actor uh very well Neither but do i i like him I think he's very handsome, tall, very very beautiful to look at. Yes. Your favorite character? It's still, again, toss-up between LJ and Peter. Mm -hmm. They're both great. Like we had talked about, Peter does mess up in this one, I think a couple Mm -hmm. of times. And LJ, just just the fantastic girl that she is, who's also just, again, so mature and stands up for herself and true to herself. Like, yeah, it's a toss-up between those two. Yeah. I think LJ wins this movie for me just because we don't see Peter as much mm-hmm. in this one. But yeah, she's just, she just really shines in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip this next one. Do the characters stay together? Because spoiler alert, they do for now. Well, okay. For now, we'll talk about it. Later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about the third one with you. The third one is so good. Yeah. It'll be sad because we're going to say goodbye to them as well, but it's okay. We'll be okay. We will be okay. We'll and be okay. Maybe there will be spinoffs 
And if not, oh, yes. we'll just continue watching these over and over again. Spinoffs, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so question for you. If you were 10 and you had to put an item in a time capsule, um, what would you have put in the time capsule? Like Val 10 years old. Yeah, Val 10 years old and you're going to open the time capsule at like 16 years old. What do you put in there? Hmm. The first thing that comes to my mind is skating because I was really involved with skating, but you, it has to be something small and compact, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be, but I think in this movie, yeah, they just put everything in like a little thermos, it looks like. I guess. I mean, it'd be too, it'd also be really expensive to put like a whole skate in there. <laughs> skate in maybe there. um, maybe like a guard, like the thing that you put on your blade, some, some, oh, nod, yeah. some nod to it. That is, I think, what I would do. Do you still skate? Mm-mm. Which is why I think like it would be kind of neat to look back on a time where that was like a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? You have a very, you chose a very like impactful item. I probably would have put a CD in Ooh, the time capsule. One. I love that. And I wrote down here, I don't know why it was so specific, but I Probably would have put the TLC CD. I love that. Crazy, sexy, cool. I was going to ask, like, original mix or an actual CD CD? (laughs) An actual CD CD. I love it. I love it. Just because I wasn't making mixes when I was at that age. Uh, Yeah, I guess 10 is young. Yeah, and that was just a very formative album for me (laughs) at that age. That's perfect. (laughs) I don't know. That's not something I did was think about time capsules i feel like that's a thing for a lot of people but have you have you ever done one i haven't yeah neither have i maybe yeah i don't know like when you're 10 how do you have the foresight to put a time capsule together (laughs) right it's like and i don't know if they ever thought about when they were going to dig it up they just happened to do it because john ambrose came back in the picture yeah how funny is that just you know like Oh, in the Robertson's backyard by the treehouse. <laughs> we should do one, Michelle. We should do one. Should we? To commemorate this podcast, too. Okay, let's do it. Where would we... We can dig it up in my uh, my yard, I Now guess. that you have a yard. <laughs> That'd be fun. We can make it happen. Well, okay, now I'll flip it to you then. What would you put in it now? Are you allowed to say, actually? Is it supposed to be secret? Oh, I guess that's the idea of a time capsule, huh? I have no idea. Is it? <laughs> I have no idea okay, either. Okay, we'll research how to do a time <laughs> capsule and then go and do it. Yeah, I yeah, you're right. Let's let's put a pin in that. Maybe we'll we'll revisit this in the third. Yeah, exactly. Third we'll episode. have answers by then. <laughs> I think I know what your thoughts are, but what are your thoughts on if this movie is a beloved one or popular? But I should I feel like I should caveat. We haven't talked about the third one yet, so mm-hmm. I guess as a standalone film, let's let's talk about it in that vein. Like, is this a popular one, and is it a beloved one? I think it is popular and beloved because of the themes that we've already discussed. Personally, do I love it? Not as much as the first one, because mm-hmm. I'm Team Peter through and through. Mm-hmm. But that's really it. But the, again, like the more times I rewatch it, I notice different things and themes and characters and quirks that I like more and more, mm-hmm. which wasn't really an answer to your question. I don't know if it has longevity. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to kind of silo this film just because it's part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think it's beloved just because the characters are beloved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think that this is the most popular one. I think the first one is obviously... yeah better in our opinion 
Uh, it might be a universal opinion because first ones tend to be yeah better. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of hype to live up to. A lot of expectations to live up to because of the massive success of the first one. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe this is a better question to be discussed after we've talked about the third one. Yeah, well, you made me now wonder. I wonder if the which one was more popular, the second one or the third one? Or I guess all three of them compared to each other. Yeah. I mean, the third one came out, you know, during the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, you know. The, the third one came out February of 2021. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has something to do with it. I think it was a big moment when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. But... I don't feel like I read a lot or saw a lot of buzz surrounding the movie. I've wondered the same thing. I feel like they weren't very public about the release date. Like, I know you and I had talked, like, you know, last year was around Valentine's Day. I wonder if it's going to be for this one. And I feel like they announced Mm -hmm. it very close to it. And I've, I've wondered the same thing. Why don't they start advertising for it sooner, earlier? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Netflix, I don't know if they're hurting for viewership, but like, yeah, that is interesting. I did notice that as well, because we talked about the third movie not knowing when it was coming out Yeah, when we recorded the first episode, so. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk about the third one, though. I know, me too. I'm so excited. I'm actually really excited just to like rewatch it. I feel like I've kind of held off on it because it hasn't gone on my high rewatch rotation yet. Right. Just because I think I've seen it like maybe two or three times and okay. each time I like sit down to watch it. Yeah, I've had different... Uh... Yeah, we can talk about it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see <laughs> it for the third pod. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So this movie came out in 2020. Has this movie aged well? I think it has, yeah. I don't have any reason to say it hasn't. Yeah, I mean... I'm going to default to what I talk about a lot is just how diverse the cast is. And I mean, like, this Mm -hmm. is an amazingly diverse cast. It really is. So many of the main characters are people of color. If you look at the school, so many of the students and Mm -hmm. the teachers, Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. just so much diversity. And I like, I'm so excited. Like, I clap. I'm like, finally, we see an actual real world high school. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you make note of that. It's a good point. So I have some trivia for you here. Yes, I love this part. So we talked a little bit about the grandparents uh-huh. when they go for New Year, but the actors are actually played by Jenny Han's real parents. Really? That is adorable. Isn't that cute? Mm-hmm. I loved that. The letter that John Ambrose wrote back to LJ is actually handwritten by Jordan Fisher. I think I knew that, but it, not his words. Those like came from the book. Yeah, that's my assumption. Okay. But okay. yeah, I, I like I paused just to like look at the handwriting. I was like, this is such a boy's handwriting. <laughs> Jordan Fisher improvised the song he plays on the piano when he talks to LJ about his name. No, that's not him. He's so talented. That's not. Again, another reason to be like, he's not real. Wait, so are you familiar with Jordan Fisher outside of this movie? I think you've told me about him. Isn't he very acclaimed, actually? <laughs> So I actually don't really know him. I think this was the movie that brought him to my attention. Mm-hmm. I think he was a Disney star. Oh, really? I could be totally wrong. Okay, I don't I know. know. I know that he was on Dancing with the Stars, I think, and he's a very oh, random. I was thinking something dancer. else. Okay. He's a very good singer. He was, uh, before the world shut down, he was playing Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway. That's what I was thinking about. I'm like, I thought it was something Broadway related. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm looking at his IMDb. Yeah, I think he's done some Disney stuff. He's a really good singer, yeah. 
Random note, though, I think he's a very big gamer. Oh. I don't really know anything about the gaming world, but I think I he's really lie. into gaming. Okay. But yeah, uh, after this movie, I was just like, Jordan Fisher is very, very talented. I had no... You know how you see scenes like that and they'll like shoot the angle from a certain way so you never see the actor or actress mm. actually playing an instrument or doing something and i was like oh yeah they totally like did that because he's not really playing you know he can't he doesn't know how to play the piano and i love how you're like yeah he not only plays but he also made that entire melody up by himself yeah i'm gonna like google him singing because i <laughs> well i am a very very big fan of Derek and hansen i love mm. that show it's okay. so good and i actually wanted to see him on broadway but before the movie or you like you you wait you said you only knew about him after though i knew about him after the movie okay. but like him being evan hansen yeah for the broadway show was a really really cool thing because i had seen the show before mm. um okay a few other things this movie was filmed back to back with the third film so there's more continuity <gasps> whoa that's an interesting note i feel like i should note this but it's very obvious that at the end of the first film John Ambrose is played by a different actor. Yeah. I don't actually know what that actor's name is. And I guess they recasted because I guess maybe Jordan Fisher was a better actor or whatever. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, so they recasted the, the role of John Ambrose with him. There isn't a Portland aquarium. The closest aquarium to where LJ lives would actually be 100 miles away. Oh, okay. That's great trivia. I would so never have even thought of that. Yeah. And this film was actually filmed in Vancouver. Oh. Not in Oregon. Beautiful. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but that's all the trivia I have. I feel like I'm sad. I don't want to wrap this up, but... I... Well, okay, so then I'll have one last thing. <laughs> one last thing with you saying John Ambrose wrote the letter himself. Uh -huh. Did I send you that video of both LJ and Peter writing each other goodbye letters? You did. You did. I did watch that. I love that video so much because they're so cute to each other i have to rewatch it again but so if I. I remember correctly uh lana condor is like very earnest in her actual in her letter to noah mm -hmm. and noah's like he, i don't know if he took the exercise as seriously uh, as yeah. Lana did. yeah but it was still very sweet again i'll have to rewatch it also but yeah. i remember it still being very sweet but yes she was just like i thought this was gonna be private <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so cute when was the last time you wrote a letter? Oh, like never. Never. <laughs> I, you know, like outside of school, not sure. I can't remember. It's been some yeah. years. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss. I have no idea. Maybe like in college for mm -hmm. me. But yeah, it's been ages. I yeah. mean, I'm also okay with that. You know, email is just, I can still be heartfelt in email. My hand doesn't need to cramp when I type an email. Mm-hmm. You can it's backspace. You exactly. Can... <laughs> I mean, I appreciate a good old letter, but I'm just so, I don't know. The times have changed and I've changed with them, I guess. And, and I, I feel like we talked about this with the first one also. I think it would be a cool exercise to do to just like make yourself come to like acknowledge and admit your feelings or your thoughts mm -hmm. and like get it down on paper. That's mm -hmm. very... Like, it's very final and very... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, in terms of a journaling, which I think the context of what we were talking about in the first movie, is that, like, putting pen to paper for journaling is, like, it's for you, you know? And it it is it takes a lot of courage to confront your feelings. Yeah. 
But in terms of like writing a letter to someone, intentionally writing a letter to someone, not like writing a letter and putting it away for yourself. Like, yeah, I'll totally different. One. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Um, yeah, I just don't know if I could do that at this point either. Yeah, who would you even write it to? You know? Yeah, right? I don't know. But I mean, yeah, so we can wrap it up. I'm sad, but not that sad because we do have yeah. one, one more film to talk about and that'll be fun. But do you have any last thoughts on this one? I don't, other than what you had just perfectly said. I can't wait for the third one. I can't wait. I mean, I, I said this already. We don't see a lot of Peter in this movie, but I felt like I wasn't swooning as much for him in this movie. Agreed. Yeah, you kind of do just kind of like root for Johnny Ambrose just a little bit. Um, so the first time you saw this, I remind me again, you were you were never really team John Ambrose. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Got it. I was always loyal to Peter. Mm, yeah, he's pretty great. But it, it's interesting you said that they were filmed back to back. Because when we, I remember watching the third one and wondering like, oh, was this shot like during the pandemic or not? Like no one's wearing a mask or mm. seemingly like social distancing right. or anything. So it's interesting that they did it back to back. I love that they were able to like go to all these amazing places and capture them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They really like travel the world for the third one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we'll save it for the third pod. Okay. Um, cool. Well, I think we can wrap it up, Val. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I love I love doing this. <laughs> I feel like this past hour just really, really flew by. <laughs> it's such a good and like happy movie to to watch and talk about. It's so good. It just goes down so easy. It's just like a hug. It is a hug. <laughs> I know. I mean, with great music and colors. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, every sensation that this movie gives is just so comforting. <laughs> I'm glad that we agree on this. Yeah, we definitely do. <laughs> To all tuning in, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Romcom Weekly. Please follow us on Instagram at Romcom Weekly and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate this on a scale from one to ten? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye.